0: Hey everybody, and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. I'm Alicia. We are so excited today that you're joining us for a marital misadventure. If you have already had the pleasure of listening to Terrence Howard, our last episode, you may be relieved to know we have a complete ice cream cone of an episode for you this week—a palate cleanser. Stacy. You're going to tell everybody this week who is the boss.
1: I have the surprisingly sweet story of Tony Danza, a real titan of Gen X sitcom culture back in the 1980s, and a guy who's just kept on keeping on through the decades. It's involved a remarriage and
0: three divorces, but I can promise you this one is pleasingly light on trash. And Patreon, folks, stay tuned after because apparently, Stacey, you're bringing us marriage advice from no less than Judith Light. Mm. Tony's old Who's the Boss co-star. In Spiderwebs this week. Absolutely. Holy cats, I'm so excited. We got to go, go, (music) go. All right. I've been asking for ages, who is the boss? Tell me about Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza.
1: Alicia, with his boyish good looks and million-dollar smile, megawatt smile, Tony Danza has been charming audiences since he first appeared on Taxi in 1978.
0: Such a charmer.
1: After Taxi, he became one of America's favorite TV dads on Who's the Boss, which we grew up with. This remained on the air until 1992. He's been a staple of American television and entertainment ever since those back-to-back hit shows. What a lucky break for a young actor's career to go from taxi to who's the
0: boss. That's entirely true.
1: Tony has successfully transitioned from heartthrob and sitcom star to a respected veteran of the screen and stage In addition to acting and performing, he's also a producer, an author, and a committed philanthropist. Well, huzzah! Huzzah! As you may imagine, Tony has had his fair share of romances along the way. He mainly keeps his love life out of the spotlight, but that does not mean that all has been smooth sailing for our hero of today. In fact, he's been married and divorced three times, and of course, that is what we are here for.
0: Let's do this.
1: Anthony Salvatore Iadanza was born on April 21st, 1951 in Brooklyn, New York. He grew up in an Italian Catholic family. I know you couldn't have guessed that it was an Italian family. A little name like Salvatore, yeah. With one younger brother. His mother was a bookkeeper. Dad was a garbage collector and would pick him up from school in the garbage truck. He says, My dad was the garbage man, and I remember getting out of Blessed Sacrament school and riding in his garbage truck. (laughs) My mom worked, and she always got home late, so my dad cooked and we kids cleaned. Tony's mom and dad would make him clean the house before he was allowed to go out and play in the streets. His mother loved Frank Sinatra, so while he was cleaning, they would
0: listen to Sinatra Records. Is Tony Danza's mother my grandmother? I, it, Same situation. I feel, we got to clean the house yep. while we listen to Frank Sinatra. Yep. Wow. So he says every once in a while
1: she'd say, stop, stop, listen to how he sings this. And I would listen, but I would Aww. watch her. And the way she reacted, it was wild to see your mother when you're a kid. You see your mother react like that to anything, it blows your mind, you know? After I was on TV for a while, I started feeling full of myself, acting like that. She would bring me back to Earth with a very simple, Hey, big shot, when you introduce me to Sinatra, then you're a star. (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Growing up in his Brooklyn neighborhood as one of the shortest kids in his school, he had to learn to stand up for himself uh, because he was getting picked on quite a bit. He got into a lot of street fights, and by the sixth grade, he was actually asked to leave school at the Church of the Blessed Sacrament. Oh no! Because of his fighting and causing trouble, his mother was worried about him getting in more trouble during the summers, so she sent him to Pachogue, to his aunt Rose and uncle Vinny's house to keep him out of trouble. Fantastic. Tony recalls Aunt Rose was the disciplinarian. Her older sister, the matriarch. Uncle Vinny was the black sheep. He asked me one day when I was nine if I wanted to learn how to play poker. By the end of the game... (laughs) No, it gets better. By the end of the game, I owed him $50,000 in my mother's house. Oh, my God. I was nine years old. I thought I'd lost my mother's house. Between Brooklyn and my Uncle Vinny, it was an incredible childhood. Apparently, he got to keep the house.
0: Oh, my Uncle Vinny. Whole new sitcom.
1: Not sure how that $50,000 debt resolved. Despite getting into more than his fair share of trouble, Tony had, you know, I think his parents may have instilled in him a boyhood ambition to stay out of jail. In order to do this, he kept himself busy with sports. When he was 15, his family moved to Malvern, Long Island, which seemed like an entirely different world to this Brooklyn kid. He says, it was the first time in our lives we had a serious yard. The houses didn't touch. I remember one thing that really struck me, something I'll never forget. My brother was 12 and I was 15 and it was dark. We moved out to the sidewalk in front of the house and it couldn't have been more than eight o'clock, but it was so quiet. Such a contrast from where we had come from, the cacophony of Brooklyn. We didn't see anybody's light on. We thought maybe nobody was here. It was culture shock, but it saved my life. At Malvern High School, Tony remained active in sports, but happily, he also had a theater teacher who inspired him to be an actor. Well, in high school, he was in several plays, including Kiss Me, Kate, Bye Bye Birdie, and South Pacific. Wow. It's a little production there. That's a good theater program. By the end of high school, Tony had earned a wrestling scholarship from the University of Dubuque in Iowa. You want to talk about some culture shock? His tuition was covered by the scholarship, but uh, he still needed some spending money, so he was ironing people's clothes at school to earn some extra cash. His mom taught him a lot of valuable life skills. Indeed. It was in Dubuque that many things happened in Tony's life. While studying at the University of Dubuque, Tony met his first wife, Rhonda Yeoman. They married in 1970 and welcomed their son, Mark Anthony Danza, on January 29, 1971. As many marriages between young people are... This one was short-lived. They divorced in 1974, but have no fear, this is not the end of Rhonda in Tony's life. Okay. He has said, like, being so young when his first child was born brought him some regrets later, saying, I was 19 when Mark was born. We were both growing up at the same time, and I'm the one who lost out, not spending time with him. In 1972, he graduated from college with a degree in history. After college, he came back to New York and worked as a bartender while he tried to find a job as a history teacher. This is perfect. As a hobby, he'd gotten into boxing. (laughs) You know, sports guy, short guy. (laughs) He was just going to, you know. In 1975, his friends entered him into the New York City Golden Gloves competition. No, And he knocked out his first six opponents all in the first round. (laughs) Just... (sighs) He's scrappy dude. man. He is man. scrappy dude. He was knocked out in the finals, so he didn't win. But he realized that he was good enough to become a professional boxer and, you know, make some money at it. In 1976, he started his professional boxing career with the name Dangerous Tony Danza. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> okay, this seems like a great spot to pause because obviously his life is about to change considerably. Not as dangerous Tony Danza. Back on the flip. It's a great combo of gameplay, it's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Sibling fights are unavoidable, but what if every fight you had was under a microscope on a global scale? That's the reality for brothers Prince William and Prince Harry. They were each other's closest friends and allies since the death of their mother, but that all began to crack as they married and took wildly different approaches
0: to their royal duties. Wondery's podcast, Dis Tell, is hosted by comedians Sidney Battle and Matt Belisai. Each episode unpacks one of pop culture's most iconic celebrity feuds, and they recently took a deeper look into the real reason William vs. Harry started. It's actually much bigger
1: than these two brothers, stretching back into the history of the British monarchy. Did their feud start
0: with the royal family's mistreatment of Meghan Markle, or was it something that started much earlier? Follow Dissentel on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, so what happens next? I'm enchanted. So obviously, you know, Tony
1: is getting serious about boxing and has no intuition that this would lead to an acting career. But one day when he was training, there were two producers who were looking for an actor who could also box. Boom. Perfect guy for the job. Have you met Dangerous
0: Tony D? Dangerous Danza? Tony.
1: <laughs> Dangerous Tony D. So after talking to Tony, the, you know, he's a young guy. They were super impressed by his looks, his charm, his ability to both act and box. Checking all the boxes, as it were. So they offered an audition to him for a new show called Taxi. Originally, the character of this aspiring boxer on Taxi was named Phil Ryan, but after Tony's audition, the production team tailored the role specifically for him, and the character's name was changed to Tony Banta. (laughs) Wow. We thought
0: hard about that. Yeah,
1: I don't know if, like, they were afraid he wouldn't remember his character's name. (laughs) Obviously, he took this job. Tony moved to Hollywood and began what has turned into a nearly five-decade career as an entertainer. How Oddly, the
0: world turns sometimes.
1: Right. Taxi premiered on ABC on September 12th, 1978, and it featured one of television's strongest ensemble casts, including Tony, Judd Hirsch, Jeff Conaway, Mary Lou Henner, Christopher Lloyd, Danny DeVito, and Andy Kaufman. It was an incredible show. Oh, it's it remains one of, yeah. The show was an instant commercial and critical success and ran until 1983. Over the course of its five seasons, it was nominated for 31 Emmy Awards, and it won 18, including (laughs) Outstanding Comedy, three years in a row. Wow. It was also nominated for 25 Golden Globes. It won four. It's still considered one of TV's greatest shows of all time, and in 2013, it was ranked number 35 on TV Guide's Best Series of All Time list. It was also ranked number 19 by the Writers Guild of America on their list of 101 best written TV series. That's fair. Tony Danza remembers coming to Hollywood without any real acting experience and joining this impressive cast. Quote, I was just a fighter who came to California on a dream and the cast of Taxi, the real actors, greeted me with open arms. Needless to say, Taxi made Tony not only a successful television actor, but also a household name. Taxi not only meant professional success for him, he also developed a close bond with his co-stars and also a romantic relationship with Mary Lou Henner, who is still one of his best friends. This is super sweet. So Mary Lou Henner told Closer Weekly, obviously much more towards today than then, quote, within three weeks, Tony Danza and I were dating. I mean, come on. Oh, and I dated Judd Hirsch, too, the same year. Why not? There were 77 guys on set and me. <laughs> you think I wasn't going to date at least two of them in five years? Please. That's perfect. Tony told the Television Academy Foundation in 2014, Well, Mary Lou was my first girlfriend in Hollywood, so it was more than a working relationship. They used to call her the straw that stirred the drink. She still is. She's still who gets us together. She's still the one who oftentimes is making sure we stay in contact. He talked about their relationship years later with fondness. She was the only girl. There were five guys in her, this beautiful redhead. I just couldn't believe her. I grew up a lot with her because I spent like my first six months with her in Hollywood. So she was a really good influence on me. And she was a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun together. To this day, she's my soulmate, really. She really is. What was it? The straw that swirled the drink? The straw that stirred the drink. What a wonderful Mm -hmm. turn of phrase. Mm Mm-hmm. After his romance with Mary Lou Henner ended, he dated other women in the business at the time. A few names you may know. Morgan Fairchild, Karen Carpenter, and Katherine Bach. Wow. And the cast of Taxi is friends to this day. Mary Lou Henner told Closer Weekly, everyone is vibrant and vital and has the same sense of humor. When we get together, it's crazy. It's a blast. So probably during the pandemic... Tony said she puts together a Zoom every month. We all get together. The Taxi cast, the director, Jim Brooks, we all get together on Zoom and we sit, we drink and eat and talk. And it's incredible. The straw that stirred the drink. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I love Mary Lou Henner.
1: So Tony's son, Mark, who, you know, he later regretted not spending quite enough time with. He even appeared on a few episodes of Taxi in 1980. As the show went on, new regulars joined the cast like Carol Kane. There were special guest appearances as well. This is a—you will—trivia—your next trivia night, this is the factoid to hold on to. Okay. One of Mary Lou Henner's friends was taking an acting class, and her career was not, you know, thriving, and she was complaining to Mary Lou Henner, what chance do I have of getting a job when there's this unbelievably handsome guy in my class who can't even get arrested? So, you know, Mary Lou saw him and thought he was talented and gorgeous— And then later, when they were casting for extras for an episode of Taxi, she saw him at the audition and told the casting director, I know that guy. He's great. Let's get him. That guy... Who, who? ...was Tom Selleck.
0: No. And Tom Selleck
1: credits this Taxi gig with being the reason he got Magnum P.I. It all comes together.
0: Spider webs. I love
1: it. So in May of 2023, some of the cast got together to celebrate 40 years since the show's finale Tony tweeted a photo with the caption, love these people so much. Hashtag old friends. Hashtag taxi. Re-enter Rhonda. Oh, Rhonda. In 1983, Tony, now much more successful than sure. he had been in their first go-round, they decided to take the plunge back and get married again. <gasps> no, he married the same person twice? Twice, yeah. <sighs> Rhonda, help yeah. me. once when he was a nobody history student and once when he was like a pretty famous TV actor. If we weren't calling this Tiny Dancer, we could call it Help Me Rhonda. This is amazing. They had a second child, a daughter, but as you may have guessed, given the multiple divorces, the second time did not particularly work out better than the first and they divorced for the second time in 1985.
0: So not long at all.
1: Not long, but clearly there's this like decade and a half period where, you know, they have children together. I assume that they were both Extremely important in each other's lives. Absolutely. And and that is, yeah. This story has everything. A funny thing happened. Oh no, what? In this time frame of 83 to 85. Tony was one of the very few lucky actors who managed to go straight from one super successful TV show to another. So Taxi ended in 1983. And Who's the Boss premiered in 1984 with Tony as the headliner. The concept of the show if you weren't there and you don't remember, was that Tony Maselli, Tony Danza's character, I don't know why all his
0: (laughs) And his... He majored in history. He can remember a name or two. Probably.
1: (laughs) Probably. And his daughter, Samantha, who was played by Alyssa Milano, this was her breakout, moved from Brooklyn to Connecticut in order to start a new life with the hopes of giving Samantha a better future. So Tony works as Tony Maselli, Works as a live-in housekeeper for a divorced single mom, Judith Light. Her, Angela. Angela. Her son, Danny Pintoro, and her mom, Catherine Hellman. Hijinks ensued. Um, I watched some some reels of, like, the best scenes from Who's the Boss? I watch this all the time when oh, I was Oh, hijinks
0: ensued. But... Mona's the most delightful part of it. Absolutely.
1: Show. Mona is, yeah, Catherine Hellman's character. Unfortunately, two days before filming began, Tony got into a fight with a bouncer, like a fist fight. Oh, no. With a bouncer at a bar and was facing jail time. Dangerous Tony D. Somehow it all worked out. He was given 250 hours of community (gasps) service instead of jail time. And this meant that he would not have to hold up shooting of Who's the Boss or perhaps be fired in favor of some other actor. Oh, no. Skin of his teeth. So the show, big hit. There was this ongoing sexual tension between the Angela and Tony characters, the antics of Mona, as you mentioned, and then typical kid stuff. It was just, it was like family perfection. And so audiences just sat right down to watch for eight full seasons. It was one of the most memorable and popular sitcoms of the 80s. Who's the boss was nominated for over forty awards. What? Tony was nominated for three Golden Globes for best actor in a television series. And the show is still out there on syndication. Because it is just family friendly like sure. perfection. There's also the the like gender aversion roles. Like he is the hot housekeeper and it's just has it all. It was groundbreaking for the time. I can see that set in my brain right mm-hmm. now. In 1998, during the run of Who's the Boss, Tony was honored with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Aww. His character, Tony Maselli, is ranked number 23 in TV Guide's list of the 50 greatest TV dads of all time Aww. from 2004. So, Who's the Boss ended in April of 1992 after eight seasons, 196 episodes. Wow. But there is currently a reboot, probably in the works. This is in development with Amazon's Freebie Network. I think Alyssa Milano is a producer on it as well. It'll, okay. The focus of the storyline, apparently, if it comes to fruition, like it's never real until it's actually available to stream. Um, so it's going to be about the father daughter relationship between Tony and Samantha, and Judith Light's character of Angela is apparently going to be involved. We'll, okay. keep, a, we'll keep an eye out. After Who's the Boss? Tony kept on working, but he wasn't on a weekly show the way that he had been for 14 full years of his life with Taxi and Who's the Boss. He'd ventured into movies in 1989 in um, something called She's Out of Control. Uh, This was not well received. Hmm. Siskel and Ebert were definite thumbs downs. um, Gene Siskel gave it zero stars and called it, quote, a lame comedy that barely resembles a real movie. Ouch.
0: Wow.
1: Roger Ebert also gave it zero stars and wrote in, oh, this is brutal, wrote in his review, what planet did the makers of this film come from? What assumptions do they have about the purpose and quality of life? I ask, <laughs> <Christ>. <laughs> These are not small questions (laughs) I ask because She's Out of Control is simultaneously so bizarre and so banal that it's a first. The first movie fabricated entirely from sitcom cliches and plastic
0: lifestyles without reference to any known plane of reality. Let me see if I can find this. I wonder if looking on it in 2023, this film is really genius or something and Tony Danza was way ahead of his time. I don't know. Probably not.
1: I'm going to guess that. Uh, no. Understandably, She's Out of Control didn't really do much for uh, Tony's box office appeal or, you know, getting the casting directors to call him. In 1994, though, he was in Angels in the Outfield, which was a fun kids' baseball movie. I love that movie. Critics hated it, but, you know, audiences liked it quite a bit better than She's Out of Control, apparently. In 1986... Mazel, Tony marries again, this time to producer Tracy Robinson. They had a daughter together in 1987 and then a second daughter in 1993. Hooray. Hooray. So Tony kind of spent the 90s more or less out of the spotlight. I'm sure he needed a break from... All of that.
0: Yeah, let me live off my television residual money and...
1: Well, he kept working. Um, He appeared in several TV movies and he starred with Lori Laughlin in the TV series Hudson Street in 95 and 96, where his character was once again named Tony. (laughs) Um, In 97, he starred in the Tony Danza show playing a sports writer and father named what? Tony Demio. Unfortunately, this didn't find an audience and only lasted 14 episodes. However, the show earned Tony a People's Choice Award for Favorite Actor in a new TV series. In 1999, he was nominated for a Primetime Emmy for Outstanding Guest Actor in a Drama Series for a four-part guest role on The Practice. And then in 2000 to 2002, he starred in the series Family Law with Dixie Carter. The show lasted 44 episodes, and uh, this time... His character was named Joe.
0: Well, something different. (laughs) Gotta change it up sometimes. Wow. Do you think that was part of the requirement? I will be in this show if I get any other character name but Tony. Joe. Any
1: name, yeah. Joe's good. Joe's great. (laughs) Love me some Joe. Um, So, 04, Tony has his own daytime talk show, the Tony Danza show. Not the Tony Banta show. (laughs) This was a typical variety talk show. He would interact with the audience a little, talk about current events a little, and interview guests. He also had a game he would play each day with a home viewer called Extravadanza. Oh, my God. <gasps> oh, it's, I love it. So good. Yeah, pun. My favorite. The show lasted for two seasons, but there were 330 episodes because of the its daytime right. variety show. And then it was canceled. Meanwhile, though, you know, his marriage to Tracy Robinson certainly looked to be going strong. And then, seemingly out of the blue, Tony filed for divorce in 2011 after 24 years of marriage. That's a long time, yeah. It is, yeah. He cited our favorite irreconcilable Irreconcilable differences. differences as the cause. After the split, a source close to Tony told Closer Weekly that the couple had been, quote, technically separated for a few years, but... They worked through it and were still together. Not sure what happened. They decided to make it official. Okay. And that's about as tabloidy as this one got, actually. When the court documents were ultimately published, Tony had, in fact, claimed that he and his wife had separated in 06, but they'd been trying to make it work until he filed for divorce in 2011. Both of their daughters were legal adults by 2011, so there was no custody fight. But in 06, their youngest daughter was still a minor, so perhaps that is could led, explain led to the delay. some things yeah it took them almost 2 years to finalize the details of the divorce it was finalized in february of 2013 so those are his 3 divorces but there is much much more much much more tony danza we're going to take a quick break and when we come back we're going to talk about his weird relationship with tupac shakur and an enduring pop culture
0: joke i can't wait back in a minute
1: Alicia, well, Tupac Shakur, the rapper, was in prison in 1995, Tony decided to write him a letter. After learning more about his story and then hearing his song Dear Mama, Tony felt compelled to reach out. He said he wanted to write to Tupac, showing his support, and offer him some advice. So on the Rosie O'Donnell show, he said, After seeing he's in jail and he has five bullet holes in him, I remember seeing that big Thug Life tattoo I said, I can't believe this guy, such a good actor, and I was listening to the radio, I heard Dear Mama. Now here's a guy who wrote that song and is in jail with five bullets, something's wrong with this picture. I was trying to make a point that since he had five bullet holes in him and he was in jail, and he's the same guy who wrote Dear Mama and did all those great acting roles, I said, maybe there's a better way to do this. Maybe, I know you can't be a goody two-shoes in your business, but maybe there's a way to inspire kids. So these are his recollections. I said, because you have such a great influence, responsibility comes with that. He wrote back to me and said, thanks for understanding me. So apparently they became kind of pen pals uh, while Tupac was in prison. I had no idea. Also no idea. More recently, Tony has dabbled in Broadway productions. He had done this a bit in his earlier career, but he's really leaned into performing on the stage in recent years. He's been in The Iceman Cometh, A View from the Bridge, Honeymoon in Vegas, The Producers, and Celebrity Autobiography, all on Broadway. He's also recently been touring with a live stage show called Tony Danza, Standards and Stories. Aww. Again, he never forgets his character name. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in these performances, he sings songs from the Great American Songbook and tells stories about his life and connection to the music. He tap dances. He plays the ukulele. Just and
0: charming audiences Absolutely.
1: All over. And he reminisces about his childhood in Brooklyn and, you know, his memories of growing up in, you know, 1950s Brooklyn. I tell people that in the 50s and 60s, he says, it was the most incredible place to grow up in the world. You walked out the door in the morning, said goodbye to your mother, you got on your bike and you didn't come home until dinner time, until it got dark. No one worried about you. People watched you in the neighborhood. It was a real community. In 2018, Tony gave an interview to AARP magazine about <laughs> no, about <laughs> what he's learned through the years and shared some of his life lessons and advice. One of his pieces of advice was to remember that you are the one and only you. And he applies this to his live performances. He says, honestly, if I'm singing, if I'm dancing, I'm not the best. There's no doubt about that. But I'm singular, you know? doesn't matter how old I get. I might not be able to do what some young hotshot can do, but nobody can do what I can do.
0: Aww, it is, it is that's
1: a, true. Yeah, it is a good bit of life advice. You know you're part of the social zeitgeist when you have song lyrics written about you or... In some cases, people mistakenly think a song lyric was written about you. So it is for Tony Danza and Elton John's Tiny Dancer. Many listeners over the years have thought that the lyrics to Tiny Dancer were actually Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza. This is why we've used Tiny Dancer as the episode title for this show. It was famously joked about in Friends as one of Phoebe's many malapropisms, in 2007, there was a book published titled Hold Me Closer, Tony Danza and Other Misheard Lyrics. Love it. You can also find many versions of t-shirts, hoodies, mugs, bumper stickers, all that sort of fun stuff. In 2021, Elton John even sang in a video about this joke. He was joined by Ed Sheeran, Courtney Cox, and Brandy Carlisle. And before they started, they just did a, a little riff. Um, he, he said Lisa Kudrow, you know, who played Phoebe on Friends... Lisa Kudrow, this one's for, for you. you,
0: and then went into their Hold Me Closer, Tony Because I Danza. think the Friends cast is talking about, like, best songs or whatever, and Phoebe's like, I really like that one that Elton John wrote for Tony Danza. Right. <laughs> dot, dot, dot. Yeah, it's so good.
1: As time does, it has marched on forward, and Tony now has two grandsons that he loves spending time Aww. with. This is his favorite role.
0: Grandpa Tony.
1: They're the sons of his eldest child, Mark, and he's repeatedly talked about his love for his children and grandchildren and also how proud he is of the father that his son has become, saying, It's very profound to watch your son father his sons, especially when he's so much better at it than you were. It's really scary. I said to him, You know what the difference is between you and me as a father? See how you take your kids to play baseball? I used to take you to watch me play baseball. And at the end of the game, I'd say, how'd I do? I have even more respect for him, he said. The way he conducts himself with his kids makes me so proud. And I was proud of him before Nicky was born. I loved them together. Just the other day, they were playing steamroller on the bed. Nicky was jumping over Mark as he rolled around. It was fabulous. I'm so fortunate to live close. I want to be the guy who takes my grandson fishing and the guy he wants to go fishing with.
0: Aw. This is like the most wholesome story we've ever told on Trashy Divorces. Such a palate cleanser after Terrence Howard. It's ice cream and sprinkles, a little banana split action. I love it. I mean, but wait, there was a little media dust up here just this
1: year in April. So Tony managed to get himself some negative press. Uh This guy is like a beloved and admired entertainer. And he got slammed for being rude on a Broadway red carpet at the premiere of New York, New York. There is an online reporter, young guy, named Rye Myers, which I think sounds like a sandwich name, but that's just me. Anyway, Rye Myers said that Tony Danzo was, quote, the rudest celebrity he's ever interviewed. Oh, no. Unquote. After he asked Tony a few questions that the actor didn't really really like. The questions were New York themed. And Tony apparently kind of had had enough of it when Rye Myers asked him, favorite New York staple food item, hot dogs or pizza? Come up with better questions. Don't waste Which a- is exactly what Tony said. <laughs> quote, you know what you got to do, buddy. You got to come up with better questions. And uh, Tony apparently repeatedly told Rye Myers to relax. So Rye Myers did what
0: oh, no. you do
1: when you're a young guy in the celebrity encounter biz. And he uploaded the video to TikTok with the caption, quote, to say I was blown away, shocked and embarrassed is an understatement. But my professionalism showed through.
0: Oh, did it? <laughs> so I can tell you're professional by you reposting that for, yeah. Yeah, wow. so,
1: yeah, Tony certainly was short and uncooperative with him, but, you know, it's Sean Penn, dude, no one punched you. No one broke your camera.
0: So I'm going to say, Grandpa Tony, you and I did a little snicker at the AARP thing. Sure. I am nowhere close to retired, but sure enough, on a certain birthday, AARP is going to find you the day of that particular birthday. My first request from AARP came in, and I'm not old enough to AARP, but I will tell you that when you get to Tony Danza's age, perhaps... The patience you have for BS. Pizza or hot? Find a better question. Don't waste my time, man. We got things to do. Well. Oh, no.
1: (laughs) Because Tony Danza is the person that we all believe him to be. He called this guy, Rye Myers. Does he really? And apologized. And so Rye let his TikTok followers know about it. I just wanted to let you know that I did hear from Tony Danza (laughs) earlier today. (laughs) He called me to apologize and squash the beef. It was great to hear Squash from him. The Squash beef. the beef. It was great to hear from him, and certainly much appreciated. Thank you all for your support these last twenty-four
0: hours. Didn't mean to hurt your feelings, Rye.
1: It's been insane. Wow. He ended, wow. So, Squash
0: the beef. Yeah. This story has been filled with all kinds of Phrase, stir, stir the, stick that stirs the, the straw dr- that stirs the drink. Wow. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Rye Myers? Seriously, that's got to be a sandwich name.
0: That was nice of Tony Danza to do. Absolutely. You are the boss, Tony Danza. Absolutely. Hold me closer.
1: Yeah, so that is the fairly sweet, high on nostalgia story of Tony Danza, which particularly after your Terrence Howard story, (laughs) I'm giving the guy halos. (laughs) It sounds like he and his first and then second wife really tried valiantly to make it work. And I also like how incredibly low-key, like all of his divorces, but his final divorce seems to have been. I'm sure, I mean, most breakups, most divorces, they all have trashy bits, pretty much, or you probably wouldn't be breaking up. But it seems like he and his ex are both grounded enough to know to keep it out of the papers. You have kids. So good on you, Tony Danza, and to your ex-wives. We're happy to hold you closer here at Trashy Divorces. Patrons stay put because we're going to come back with our Spiderwebs bonus segment where Tony's old Who's the Boss co-star, Judith Light, shares the secret of her very long and apparently very happy
0: marriage. We love those around here. Sure. Holy cat, Stacey, that was awesome. Thanks. Thank you. I need it. I just feel all refreshed now. I'm going to go make a Rye Myers sandwich. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm going to be back with something this weekend that is slightly More trashy Hmm. than that. Perhaps I have saved my very best bottom of the the trashy barrel. We're
1: just going to change it up all over.
0: We can't tell you how much we appreciate you. Thanks for tuning in today, for telling your friends about Trashy Divorces, for your kind reviews, for your emails, for all your support to the podcast at Patreon.com slash Trashy Divorces. We simply think the world of you. Best community ever. Until we meet again this weekend. Keep your hands clean. As clean as Tony kept that house. Oh, yeah. Angela would not accept anything (sighs) less. And keep those hearts trashy, y'all. Big love, everybody. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia, by us, Stacey and Alicia.